Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Robert Deal. Sifu Bob, how you doing today, man? Good. Oh my god, it was so hot today down here, Rusty. It was in the eight it was eighty four degrees down here. Holy it was moly. hot. Holy moly. Yesterday or the other day I forgot what day it was. The other day we were actually pushing seventy something. And uh we just uh let's see, what is it now? It is sixty five degrees in Greater Seattle. Uh, and it was actually kind of humid. It, was, it almost felt like the start of summer over here. Um, so kind of weird, but I, I hope that it, uh, I hope that it uh, keeps up because I recently got my motorcycle fixed. It's running like a champ and I'm going to ride it more this year. That's my, that's my, uh, that's my thing. I'm going to ride it more so it doesn't go like belly up like, <laughs> like it did. <laughs> like it did last year. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, I, I just started it last year. I just kept starting it. But then there was like this eight-month period where nothing happened. So I'm like, oh. And then I tried to start it, and the battery was dead. And I'm like, oh. You know, and it was on a battery tender. So I guess it just overcycled on itself. And um, so, yeah, I'm like, so we had to trailer the poor motorcycle out and stuff like that. But anyhow, so let's hope spring, spring stays for a while. So 80 degrees for March, that's like pretty hot, man. That's really hot. Uh, so th- this is actually kind of funny. You know, I, dr- I drive for Lyft. And I've driven this young, she's she's beautiful girl, not, sweetest girl I've ever met. Her name's Gabby. She's on a uh, Nickelodeon TV show. And okay. if you have kids, you've heard of it. It's called The Thunderman's. I was going to watch it tonight, but actually it comes on during the show at 7 o'clock on Nick. Mm-hmm. And... She's getting my friend in to go see it with his granddaughter and, and all this. And, you know, I go into this bit, and everybody else asks me, are you a comedian? And it's like, not really. I'm just observant. So I go into this bit with the women about how stupid guys are. And I have okay. an explanation to back up for everything I say. And to this day, <laughs> nobody, nobody has ever disagreed with me. <laughs> now, the interesting thing happened last night, though. She says... Hmm. Did you know when you told me that about guys, that it actually held me in my relationship? I'm like, huh. okay, let me get this straight. What I told you helped you out? She says, yes. And I said, what happened? She says, now when my boyfriend and I get in a fight, I look at him and say, and say to myself, it's not worth it. He's just an idiot. Bob was right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. God. See, you know, uh, we, need am, to, we need to <laughs> we need to have like a, a monthly segment called Ask Bob. You know, like Dear Abby, <laughs> Ask Bob. 
That's right. Everything and everything's gonna be, you know, somebody calls in about their boyfriend, you just say, you just say, men are idiots. Period. Yeah, you help that. Yeah, I you did. Help that lady, right on. I did, and, and I finish it with, "It's amazing we can wake up and tie our shoes in the morning." <laughs> and nobody's ever disagreed with that either. I said they invented slip-ons because of men. So you guys are the reason why shoes with Velcro are around. Yes, okay. and, and Wallace <laughs> with Velcro too. Absolutely. <laughs> right on. We had so that. See, we we had a hard time learning that rabbit ear thing. <laughs> Oh, you know, I mean, uh, the, the how I mean, what I want to know uh, that I guess this is going to go into the to the random thought bit. Random thought, a, okay. In, here in a second, but I'll just go ahead and well, <laughs> like, well, we're going out of we're going out of uh, kilter here, out of uh, out of sequence. But since we're since we're talking about it, yeah, <laughs> how hard is it for some guys to act? Like they're not an idiot, <laughs> because if what you say is true, then people that are that, then guys that aren't like idiots or dirty dogs are merely acting like they're not. Now, how hard is that? That's what I want. That, to well, that's tough. See, one girl asked me. She said, "What if the guy's like really intelligent?" And right. I, 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 you know, I'm gonna offend somebody. I thought it was funny at the time because she's dating this really smart IT guy. And I, I looked at him and said, he's gay. <laughs> and I thought right. it was funny. And uh-huh. she said, boy, wait until I tell him you think he's gay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought it was funny at the time. Maybe not so much right now because not so PC. Uh, right. One girl, it's funny. The, the, the people I get in the car with me love the fact that I'm not PC, that I don't mm-hmm. care. PC right. sucks. And there's one girl that was in the car yesterday works for a nonprofit, and everything she does is PC. So she oh. loves me. When I said <laughs> when when I when I told her my filter was off and that I often blame it on Tourette, she I thought she was gonna I thought she was gonna pee herself. She started oh, laughing so hard. Well, you know, you know that there's gonna be you know some. PC people that will be like, how dare you joke about Tourette? You don't even know what it is. You don't know what it what it's like to suffer it and all that other kind of stuff. I mean, have you ever dealt with anyone that's ever like gotten your face no. about that? Oh, good. No, without me, without <laughs> me flipping them off. No. No. <laughs> it, it's like, for example, my last day at my present employer was Friday. I start a new job next week. Uh, you don't ask me things that you don't want an answer to. I mean, right, I was right. very, I was in his face about what a piece of crap receptionist was. Bringing his mm-hmm. girlfriend to the company was the worst thing he ever did. <laughs> <laughs> he asked me. And then he gave me an ultimatum. He said, you got to decide whether you want to work here and I want an answer by Monday. Well, I was sick on Monday. So Tuesday I came in. <laughs> And said, guess what? I'm moving on. And that day I was out for another job. Oh. So it worked out real well. And it was Phew. very, very emotional on Friday. It was, I mean, I was getting hugs and people were crying. And, and yeah, it was 
very emotional. So, so where where are you working now then? Uh, starting next Monday, I'm going to take a week off and drive for Lyft full time. And uh, it's a and this is what's so scary, Rusty. Starting a new career at almost 52, and it's what, not what? so far removed. It's it's I'm I'm now going to be working for a gate for a fencing supplier, wrought iron, chain link, and vinyl. Oh, and locking hardware. So it's not right. so far removed. It's still in the right. building industry, but almost has right. nothing to do with what I'm doing now. Right, right, but. I mean, what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be like a sales rep? Are you going to be uh, like a floor yeah, manager? Yeah, inside sales. Inside oh, okay. sales, and it, it's literally five uh, five miles from my house. I don't even have to take the freeways if I don't want to. Hey, right on. <laughs> right on. I'm going to give you a cheer for that. Because you And I can I can. I can well, my community is like, oh, my God, it's great. Uh, and I can start uh, driving my daughter to school where she's taking an Uber right now. Mm-hmm. And we're spending like 30 bucks a week on. Mm-hmm. Uh, take my wife for coffee in the morning. Of oh, course, right she's going to end up she's gonna end up buying, but she just doesn't know that yet. <laughs> oh, there's the eye roll. Oh, there's the eye roll. <laughs> Right on. Oh, well, congratulations on the new job. And you know, with that whole situation at your previous job, that was that was stupid. That was that was crazy. <clears throat> so yeah, anyway, absolutely. We're not, we're not going to talk about it on the air, but let's move on. <laughs> Why don't we? Birthdays. Who do we have for birthdays? Birthdays. We have somebody we interviewed last year at Dragon Fest that was in. Uh, I don't know if she was in uh, uh, Samurai Cop 2 or not, but she was she was with the producers. Teresa Ireland, her birthday is on April 3rd. Dear friend of ours, uh, Sheehan Michael Rivera from the Lima Lama System under Richard Nunez. His birthday is also on April 3rd. My old friend, my guru, my sifu, my friend Mark Stewart, his birthday is on April 6th. Uh, Frank Dukes. Shadoshi Dukes, his birthday is also on April 6th. Uh, Makaela Vu from uh, the uh, Martial Arts Kid. Do you, do you remember when when uh, uh, the star of the movie got pushed in the girl's bathroom? Yeah. Well, that was her? She, well, Makaela was the one who pushed him out. Oh. <laughs> oh, right on. And somebody who we had dinner with. Uh, mm-hmm. M- M- Melissa Tracy, girlfriend of uh, John Crane, her ber- and mm-hmm. her birthday is on April 9th. Right on. I've and got those a are few... my birthdays. Right on. I've got a few too. Birthday shout outs go to my friends Andy Moynihan, Soren McQuigan, McQuigan, I can't, <clears throat> I can't say a C and a G at the same time, and Cindy Hudichel. Their birthdays are on the 5th of April. Uh, very special birthday shout out goes to Master Lalo Palomares. Um, he's a Doce Pares uh, classmate of sorts, a world world uh, Doce Pares brother. His birthday is on the seventh. And my dear niece um, from my older half sister, Kathy Canavan, her birthday's on the eighth. So for everyone having a birthday, the week of Sunday, April third to Saturday, 
April 9th. This tune's for you. Let's see if I can hit the button here. Hit the button. There we go. I want to wanna wish you a happy birthday. I want to wanna help you celebrate. I want to wanna wish you lots of presents. I want to wanna help you eat your cake. Party, party in the island way You'll be jamming all night Till the light of day Your birthday, birthday is your day to shine Another year and you'll be looking fine So have a no worries, don't you hesitate It's time to party, party, time to celebrate Happy birthday week, everybody. Yay. All right. Now, for our listeners out there, stay tuned because after this first segment, we're going to be talking about the love-hate relationship in martial arts. You know, the I love the martial arts. And the next day you're like, oh, my God, I so hate this. And I love the martial arts. I hate it. I love it. I hate it. You know, so we want to hear from you guys, the listeners, about what you love and what you hate about martial arts training um it doesn't have to be like what you love or hate about martial arts in general but you know what you love about your particular art even okay or what you hate about certain aspects of training so give us a call at about 6 30 or so 347-677-0699 we also have a chat board on the blog talk radio show marquee for this episode all right now we have a new segment that we're going to be adding. Now, Bob and I are uh, debating whether or not to make this a regular thing or maybe biweekly or whatever, but we've got Bob and Rusty's random thoughts from left field. And these are thoughts that, that just randomly pop in our head and are just like so weird. It kind of makes you kind of makes you go, Hmm. So here we go with Rusty and Bob. Random thoughts. Thoughts out of left field. Okay, I know Bob's got some. He's always thinking these random thoughts. Where <laughs> my so my mind's just going nuts. It, it's <laughs> they're right. just, they're insane. So if a kid refuses to sleep during nap time, is he guilty? Is he guilty of resisting arrest? Oh, oh there's the eye roll. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> my wife just rolled her eyes at me randomly. I think she stopped to hear what stupid thing I was gonna say, and then rolled. <laughs> Did you hear that? She just said no. the question is which stupid thing. <laughs> which stupid thing no. was gonna come out of my mouth? Uh, this is one I actually came up with on my own because. Every Thanksgiving, this drives me nuts. The the uh-huh. vegan people decide to make a turkey out of tofu. So, if you make a turkey out of tofu, it's called tofurkey. What is it called if you make duck out of tofu? You don't have to say it because then you'll have to put the this may this show may contain adult content. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, well, it could be it could be like, you know, do co-food too as opposed to the other thing. 
<laughs> no, the other thing's funnier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'll and, agree with you there. That's a pretty funny stuff. <laughs> I told some, some girls this this week, and uh-huh. they're like, I don't know, what do you, what do you call it? I'm like, oh. you have to ask me, it loses all translation. I know, it does. It loses it, the, the punchline just, just out the window. It just sizzles. <laughs> it's gone. Now, I've got a question. Okay. If a bunch of cats jump on top of each other, is it still called a dog pile? Ah! <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. You think of the weirdest, weirdest crap, dude. <laughs> I know. My, my head just works this way. Now, and I, again, I don't mean to offend anybody, so I'm sorry if, if, if I do. But if God sneezes, what do you say? <laughs> you bless yourself? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And those you know, are I, my random thoughts for the week. You know, I've I've always thought this because and because I am I'm not I'm not lactose intolerant, but I can't drink regular milk because it just makes me it makes me literally throw up. I put some in my mouth and and swallow and it's going to immediately come up. So whenever someone, you know, gets some donuts or something and they go, "Oh, I want a nice cold glass of milk." Mm-mm-mm, I love milk. The 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 first thing I think of and I thought about I thought about this ever since I was a little kid. Who the hell was the first person to say, "Oh, hey, you know what? I think I'll grab this animal's boobs, squeeze it, and drink it." Who thought that? Who? Who? who, who? Oh, that's—I mean—that is about as random as it can get. And and this this one actually was uh, was submitted. If you view a bald eagle at the zoo, you are looking at the American symbol of freedom in captivity. In captivity. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? Now, that's a mind blower. That's a mind blower. So that is <laughs> I, that's so weird. So that is Rusty and Bob's random thoughts out of left field. Right. Very cool. Now, before we get into everything else, let's go into some announcements. Do we have any announcements on the on the list there, Bob? Well. Every week until it happens, I'm going to announce we've got Dragon Fest coming up at the Airtel Motel in Van Nuys, California, on Sherman Way by Van Nuys Airport. We've got people coming in, like Peter Reif, he's coming in from out of town, he's coming in from Virginia, staying at the hotel. Uh, we're going to hang out. Uh, we're, we're, I'm trying to plan a big dinner after Dragon Fest, maybe 8 o'clock p.m., with a bunch of people. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, Dan, uh, Danny Trejo is supposed to be there. Uh, you know, Sasha Mitchell, uh, maybe since they've been in the jet, uh, Cecil Peoples, Doug Wong, Carrie Wong, of course, us, and the new one got added to the list as of Easter. Kathy Long will be there and she will be at the table right next to ours. Right on. And for anyone that missed it, Kathy Long has recently joined us as a periodic guest co-host. So she'll be joining us for open forum discussion every quarter. So in June, 
sometime in June. She'll be uh, joining us again as a special guest co-host. So make sure you tune in for that. All right. Well, I've got another announcement until it happens. The Tri-Alliance Women's Martial Arts Gathering Training Camp 2016 is happening July 20th through the 24th um, at North Central College in Naperville, Illinois. Now, this Tri-Alliance Gathering is a um, going to be a gathering of all three major women's martial arts organizations in the United States. The Pacific Association of Women Martial Artists. The National Women's Martial Arts, uh, blah, 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 the National Women's Martial Arts Federation. I'm getting my, getting my stuff mixed up, and the Association of Women's Martial Arts Instructors. The three main organizations in the United States for women and teen girls are going to be gathering together July 20th through the 24th, and um, you want to go to Palma.org, and I'm pretty sure you can get information and register also at the NWMAF and AWMAI websites. I just don't have their website memorized right now. I just know PAMAs because I'm on the board of directors. And uh, luckily this is going to be the, uh, the, the, the year, the, the final year that I'm going to be on the board of directors. But uh, luckily the Tri-Alliance gathering is happening on it. And it's, uh, it's going to be really fun to be a part of this planning. It, is, it has been fun. So anyway, pre-register at PAWMA.org, P-A-W-M-A.org. So if you're interested in martial arts and you're a gal or a teen girl, go check it out. You don't you don't have to be a black belt to go. Anyone can go. <clears throat> All right. Very cool. What do we have next on the docket here? I can't find my notes. Oh, it's the health news already? Oh, my goodness. Yep. <laughs> All right. I guess it's the health news. All right. Now, as Bob knows, I'm a lover of spicy food. I absolutely love spicy food. And did you know that there's actually health effects of adding that heat to your meal? All right? Like, I, I, the hotter the better. But, you know, I, I don't do stuff that will, like, you know, completely make my tongue fall out. But anyway, um, plenty of benefits to eating spicy foods, including, get this, the possibility of a longer life albeit just a tiny bit. So, all right. Now, the, um, for every, everybody knows that uh, the effective part of, um, uh, of chilies and stuff like that is capsaicin. And what's going on with my computer? It just, like, it just like froze. That's kind of weird. All right. But anyway, capsaicin and, uh, you know, the, the capsaicin has its – great benefits but you know just like with anything that has benefits there's there's also drawbacks so here's the good stuff that uh that spicy food is all about you get a longevity boost now apparently a study in 2015 that included over half uh, oh there goes my there goes my window again what the heck (laughs) my window disappeared (laughs) Well, okay, well, I'm going to have to, like, go. Here we go. (laughs) All right. Uh, A study in 2015 that included over half a million Chinese found that people who consumed spicy, that is scorching, scorching food six times a week, reduced their risk of death by 14% during the course of the seven-year study. 
So consuming these spicy, fiery foods just two days a week lowered the risk by 10% compared to people who ate milder fare or no spice at all. Okay, next, weight loss. Studies have shown that hot peppers can help curb appetite and speed metabolism. In a 2011 study, researchers from Purdue University found people felt more satiated, satiated, sorry, uh, after eating spicy foods. An earlier study found that people consumed less fat after eating high amounts of hot peppers. That's not the case for me. But anyway, that's probably also an effect on metabolism, says Dr. Greg Thorkelson, an assistant professor in the Departments of Psychiatry and Gastroenterology at the University of Pittsburgh. He says, that's why you feel hot after you eat spicy foods. And there is some data to show that capsaicin can increase the ability to burn calories. <clears throat> now, another possibility is that the fire in your mouth slows food consumption, says Dana Huns, a senior dietitian and professor at the Fielding School of Public Health at UCLA. He says, if you eat more slowly, you're more likely to notice your body's, your body's satis- satisfaction cues, like I'm full, right? All right, next, pain relief. Capsaicin has been shown to spark the release of the body's own opioids that we know as endorphins. Although much of the data on this comes from topical administration of the chemical rather than oral consumption. So, you know, all those like stuff like Icy Hot and those those, uh, topical ointments that you put on that feel hot and cold at the same time, those can have uh, capsaicin in it, menthol, um, and stuff like that. All right. Anti-inflammatory effects. There is data to suggest that capsaicin might help with autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis. Um, Adding, Thorkelson says that these types of illnesses are less common in countries where a lot of spicy food is consumed. Now, I have something to say about that, too, a little bit later. But, okay, antimicrobial effects. Studies show that capsaicin has antibacterial effects and possibly, to a lesser degree, um, antifungal effects. This is why hot peppers have been used as a food preservative. All right. Now, my take on the anti-inflammatory and why there's less, you know, arthritis. Um, in some countries um, that are known for its hot food, like um, the Philippines, but not all of the Philippines, um, India, uh, Thailand, some parts of China. Um, I don't really know about Japan, really, other than wasabi. But you'll notice that in all those cultures, they they sit on the floor a lot. They sit cross-legged or they sit on their knees, which actually, you know, uh, in, involves like a lot of flexibility in the lower limbs. <clears throat> so yeah, at least, you know, arthritis in the knees and the ankles and the feet, I'm guessing that's part of the reason why they don't have it. But it doesn't explain why there's less arthritis susceptibility in the um, hands fingers, shoulders, and neck, and stuff like that. So that's, that's, that's interesting. So I, I, it doesn't seem to be working for me, though. I guess I'm just broken. So anyway, <laughs> those, those are some of the, uh, the good effects of capsaicin. Now, however, there's the bad. Okay, one of the bad things, you've got that burn in your mouth. Okay. They, some peppers can leave your mouth feeling charred. And they can actually scorch, in a way, your taste buds. Fortunately, the effect is temporary, even if you eat Scotch Bonnet, which is the hottest of the hot peppers, and damage your taste buds. 
those will regenerate pretty quickly. In the short term, the best way to put out the fire in your mouth is to douse it with milk. And you have to make sure it's whole milk, not that fat-free stuff, because capsaicin binds to the fat molecules. Now, this one I didn't know. Didn't know. Capsaicin is a blood thinner. Not a problem for most people. It might even be a benefit to those who are fairly healthy. But if you're on a medication like Warfarin, which is a blood thinner, capsaicin can actually cause problems by thinning the blood too much. So, you know, please talk to your doctor about uh, eating spicy foods with uh, hot peppers in it, especially if you're taking uh, Warfarin. Okay. (laughs) Last but not least, (laughs) scorched hemorrhoids. Yep. One of the unfortunate characteristics of capsaicin is that it doesn't break down as it passes through your digestive system. So you can get scorched as it makes its way out of you. And if you've got hemorrhoids, ouch. All right. So that's it. That's it for the health news. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't it just make you want to like go out and get some get some like hot spicy Mexican food, dude? <laughs> oh my God! Talk about breathing fire out of the wrong ass. Right? Oh boy! I tell you what, they're. I'll tell you this much, listeners. They are. They are right when it doesn't break down. You know, because like I went through. Remember Bob? Like a couple of years ago, I went through that to go out with the students, and we'd have we'd have like uh, fried hot peppers candy because you know i don't think i'd be able to do it now because i haven't eaten them in a while but uh, i don't have that kind of hot food anymore but we used to eat them like candy and boy i tell you it's always the next morning anyway let's move on to entertainment as if that wasn't entertainment enough okay what do we got that's right and and again we are going out of order (laughs) we are we are (laughs) we are going out of order we then we'll, we'll do weird news after entertainment news. Miranda Lambert. Everybody's familiar with Miranda Lambert and Blake, Blake Sheldon from the TV show The Boys have divorced. They were married. Uh, the, the general Hollywood marriage lasted about a year. So mm-hmm. Miranda Lambert isn't being shy about moving on from Blake Shelton. She's, mm-hmm. she's sticking close to her new boy toy in Las Vegas where it's likely they'll bump into Blake and maybe even Gwen, Gwen Stefani. That's Blake's new girlfriend. Man, she, now how, long, how and, long have they been apart to be able to find these new gals and boats? About six months. Well, Gwen, Gwen Stefani's oh. on the voice. Right, okay. Uh, and see, the thing is, Miranda, like uh, some women, not all – lose their girlish figure. She mm. started to gain a, a, a few pounds. That was Blake's excuse. Oh, Jesus. And Don't get all of a sudden, she is, right now, smoking hot. She <laughs> lost all the weight. And she is smoking. Right? Wow. I mean, the I only way Blake, I'm... The only, Blake oh, is Blake is probably besides... Of, of course, Gwen's also smoking hot. I mean, the only chance right, I have right. for a smoking hot body is when I get cremated. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sources at the Academy of Country Music Awards say Miranda's been parading around singer Anderson East 
all weekend and introducing him to everybody as her boyfriend. That's not surprising. They've been together for a few months, but it's interesting because her ex, Blake, will also be at the ACMs far as we can tell. This is the first time she's brought Anderson into a situation like that. Both Blake and Miranda are scheduled to perform at the award show Sunday, and we've been told there's a chance Gwen will be in the audience supporting her guy. It's a country song waiting to happen. Wow. With all the drama. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Funky. Well, we'll see what happens, I guess. So maybe we'll get another follow-up on that on the, uh, on the entertainment news. All right. Maybe. Next up, yeah. Next up, out of order, but uh, here nonetheless. Weird. But it's there. This comes out of Putnam County, which I'm not even sure where that is. Ephraim Zinga, 19, and Jose Moreno, 24, were arrested. Would you believe they're arrested for cereal? What? Cereal. It says one bowl of of this stuff is sure to wake you up. Two men were arrested Tuesday after a traffic stop led police in Florida to discover an unusual prize inside a package of breakfast cereal. Police say Ephraim, 19, and Jose, 24, had more than 500 grams of cocaine wrapped up in a cereal box, according to Putnam County Sheriff's Office. Authorities said they had help from a canine named Axel who sniffed out the breakfast of the convicted (laughs) of the convicted champion after the suspects were pulled over for a faulty equipment violation. Cereal and milk is a classic breakfast. When deputies opened the cereal box, they discovered approximately 514 grams of powdered cocaine, police said. That amount of cocaine has a street value of approximately $14,000 to $16,000. Police also said that Zoinga had cocaine in his pocket. The Honeygrams branded box was found stuffed inside a duffel bag on the back seat, police said. Zwing and Moreno are charged with cocaine trafficking. Both were held in the Putnam County Jail on a bond of $150,000. Now, something a lot of people don't know, uh, because they try to, to do this, you can't search my car unless I give you permission. Now, one thing the police do, and I, I actually saw this on an episode of Cops, so I'm not lying, is that if the cops are denied access to your vehicle, they mm-hmm. bring a dog. If the dog reacts at all positively for a drug smell, that gives mm-hmm. them probable cause. So that now they sense. can search with or without your permission. They've got, they've got, they gain entry into your car. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But okay, so so this cereal box was in their car? It was in a duffel bag in their car. Well, I mean, I, okay. So great hiding place, but still not inconspicuous. A cereal box in a random duffel bag. I mean, come on. In a random I, duffel bag, right. I would search it, and I'm not even a cop. I mean, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I mean, wow, but you know that's 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 
crazy. I mean, at first year, I, I thought you were going to say that that you know they've been like hiding like all of a bunch of cocaine in several in like hundreds of cereal boxes and hiding them like on store shelves or something like that. And it's kind of like you know, you know, all it takes. I was thinking all it takes is one kid, you know. <laughs> To open up the cereal, and that's that's the end of that. <sighs> yep. Anyway, all right. Well, there's all our news that's fit to talk about for our first segment. So let's go ahead and take a short break, and in about three or four minutes, we're going to start our discussion about the love-hate relationship in martial arts. What do you love about the martial arts in general or your art uh, and what do you hate about martial arts training or aspects of the martial arts give us a call 347-677-0699 so we'll be right back after this don't go away now if you own a gun you have a full-time responsibility when you aren't using it be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children troubled teenagers a thief or anyone else who might misuse it your family friends and neighbors are all counting on you remember always Lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children. And we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com. 
dynamicdojo.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rashida and Robert, and we are going to be talking a little bit about the love-hate relationship that people have with martial arts, and you know what I'm talking about. One day you love the martial arts, and then another day you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> um, but then, but then there's like other aspects as well, you know, like certain ways of training that you really love, or certain training methods that you just can't stand, but you know you have to do it anyway. So we want to hear from you. What do you love or hate um, about the martial arts? Three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Join the fun discussion and uh, give us your thoughts. All right, so now <laughs> I kind of want to I kind of want to start off with um, uh, with the fact that although we might love the martial arts, some some other people might not. Primarily, our significant others. <laughs> yes. So let's 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 talk about that a little bit because Bob, you brought that up a few days ago about how, you know, there is the possibility of relationships suffering because of... I, I see divorces. Right. I mean, like, okay. So, so explain this to some of the people out there that haven't even heard of this before. Yes. I've got... Well, my, he's having a birthday on the thick. My, instru- my ex-instructor, Mark Stewart. He's on his fourth marriage. Wow, real fourth. My wife has asked me what how many times has he been married? She asked me that the other day. Was wow. it the third? No, it's the fourth. Uh the first one he sabotaged. He wanted to come out here and train with Guru Daniel Santo. Uh-huh. And she ended up moving back to Michigan. Uh, oh wait, so the they were they one, were living they were living in Michigan and he wanted to move back to uh, move No, to- he wanted to move to California. Oh, He's from she Michigan, wanted to move to California oh. to train, and she wanted nothing to do with it. He sabotaged it. Uh, oh. Second marriage, he was traveling all over the world, doing seminars and and not spending enough time with the family, with the mm-hmm. kids, with the wife, and mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> I, I've, I've I know one other instructor that I had, you know, twenty five, thirty years ago, actually over thirty years ago, that he went through two marriages. I wow. played piano in his second marriage, in his second we- uh, wedding. Gone. That lasted about two years. Wow. I, I don't know. Yeah, or no. or not even that. The, the girlfriend, wives, whatever, or boyfriends do not like the friends of their significant other because they're always with them. They're always. I mean, I remember many days I was up to I was up at uh, Greg Woldridge's until two, three in the morning. Talking martial arts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my well, wife's you know, just a little to, bit more tolerant. Yeah, you know, I mean, I have to hand it 
hand it to your wife for, for understanding your passion for the martial arts and being, you know, and knowing, and here's the thing, and being secure enough and knowing that you're going to come home, right? And that, you know what I mean? It's kind of it like. It wasn't like I was at a club, though. I wasn't at a club right. dancing with other women or anything. I was with a bunch of sweaty old guys. Right. But, that but. You didn't, know, didn't come out right either. Yeah, I know. That didn't come out. <laughs> Wow. That, maybe yeah, I should have been in a club. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That didn't come out. Maybe, right. maybe she just looked at it and said, I really have nothing to worry about. Well, yeah. Yeah, but see, but it, I mean, that, that just says a lot about her faith in your guys' marriage. Now, here's the thing, though. There's the other side, too, where, you know, I, I, I've met people that say that, you know, because they do, they're so involved in the martial arts, the only friends and the only people that they ever meet are martial arts uh, people and blah, blah, blah. I get that. I get that. Most of my friends are martial artists. I have very few friends that are not. In fact, I think I only have four. (laughs) That's it, right? Everybody else that I know and hang out with are martial artists or are students of martial arts. Um, Right. And, uh, you know, and I, I understand the passion for, for martial arts and spending a lot of time at your school. I mean, I know I did, you know, um, and, you know, thankfully I was in a relationship where that person was a martial artist, too, and they got it. They understood that, okay, after classes, I had to do the book work. I had to do this. I had to plan for the next uh, week of uh, classes or the next day. I, you know, I had to do this and this and that and the other, right? They understood it, but some people don't. And I can see where the the divorces happen. However, then there's another side to it where the martial artists will go and hang out with all these martial arts people. Um, for example, a martial arts dude will go out and hang out with martial arts dudes and other martial arts women and get really attached to some other martial arts woman and end up end up being, uh, you know, unfaithful. And, uh, there's that too, because that's all they, you know, that, that's all they, um, hang out with is martial artists. And, you know, who better to hang out with, uh, hang out with and probably be unfaithful with apparently to some people than another martial artist that actually quote unquote understands them. <laughs> right. If you're right. So, Right. So, you know, I, I get it. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, divorces, you know, happen, but, uh, but, um, what advice, Bob, would you give to the significant other or spouse of a avid martial arts person, whether they're a practitioner or an instructor, what, what advice would you give? Uh, know it, know the understanding up front. Know that they're right. know that they're going to delve into it. Uh, if you can't hang with it or don't think you can't, don't get involved. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't say it better myself. You know, I mean, it, you know, I when when I was dating, I would say this is what I do, and this is my passion. This is all I do. There, there was a point in time where I didn't even have a day job. That's that's all I did, and uh, every, every thought that crossed my mind was martial arts this and martial arts that or when am I gonna what am I gonna learn next? How am I gonna get better at this and that and the other thing, right? And um and they were okay with it for the first few dates. <laughs> you know, and then it was like 
you know, hey, you know, you want to go to dinner? Oh, sorry, you know, I can't find a can't find an assistant to take my class. And you know, how about this day and that day? And they would just like they just didn't want to deal with that, you know. But I guess they figured that if I couldn't make the time, then what's the point? And I get that. I I completely respect that. And I'm not I'm not bagging on that at all. I I respect that. If you can't make the time. For, then what's the point of you know pursuing it? What's right? interesting is why did they choose to get involved? You were up front with them. You yeah. told well, them. You know how people are. They'll go, oh, you know, I think I can hang with it, and then they realize that then then they realize that they can't. And in my case, luckily, it was only like maybe three dates or something, and then they realize, oh no, you know. Yeah, this ain't gonna happen. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Exactly. Or, or it, it goes the other way around too, where, where it's not, it's not my, uh, you know, it's not my passion for martial arts or my career choice that sabotages a potential relationship. It is the other person because now they're demanding too much of my time. They're demanding, they're demanding it when, even if I do make time and I do, you know, and I, and I used to, I used to make time, they would demand more. And, you know, literally get to the point where they're insulting the very thing I love to do and insulting the people that I hang out with. Hello, it's like the fourth or fifth date. Why are you insulting my friends? You're out of here. <laughs> that right. You know what I mean? It's like you're gone. Kick to the curb. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but that, that, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. So, if anybody else out there who's listening, if you've if you've dealt with that, uh, you know, where you're a martial artist and you've had um, a breakup because of your passion for martial arts, or the other way around, you know, they, you know, the other person sabotages it or whatever and blames it on your martial arts. Give us a call. We'd like we'd like to hear from you. That that really bites. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. So let's um let's delve a, a a little bit into you know what some people might I guess not quite like very well about martial arts training. Now I'm not talking folks, I'm not talking about, you know, you know, what do you want to bitch about? Like MMA sucks or karate sucks. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about the actual, like, you know, the, the going through the path of martial arts training, you know, what, what is it that you just wasn't, that you weren't quite like digging, you know, when you were studying or are studying, you know, I mean, was there an exercise you hated? Was there, you know, was it overbearing instructors? What was it? So we want to hear from you. Three, four, seven, six, seven, seven, zero, six, nine, nine. All right, Bob, what's uh What's, what are some things that you hated about your journey? Not hate. I shouldn't say hate, but, you know, what didn't you dig very well that you knew you had to do? Weren't quite digging, but you knew you had to do it anyway. Oh, my God. And of course, it's helpful. When, when <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wish there was something I could really think of that I didn't. Dig. I didn't spar much, mm, and I mm. should have sparred more. Uh, oh, okay. I got hit. A, I got hit a lot. Remember when Jacob and I saw him last night? Remember when Jacob said, 
they just love taps, and, and I said, well, you guys love me a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd spar with six, I'd spar empty hand. I really just can't think of anything I didn't like. Well, uh, I mean, I I traveled all over the state with my instructors t- teaching. Uh, I love the, the atmosphere of the Chinatown experience when I was training down there. Uh, I, I love picking up the weapons, the sticks, the knives, the, the empty hands. Uh, there, was, there wasn't anything I didn't like. God, then you're lucky. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> most people say, I hate the incessant push-ups. <laughs> well, see, I now remember I didn't come from a traditional background. I came from right. a JKD background. If I right. had been in a karate background, that would have been the first words out of my mouth. Right, right. Uh, but you, I mean, but you because, guys, you guys did, you know, body weight training too. I mean, right? You know, you did your sit-ups, your push-ups, your track track training, and and stuff like that, right? Yeah, but never for punishment. Right, right. And that well, was I mean, the difference. Yeah. yeah. You've never seen one of Sheehan's Greg's tests. Oh my God! I've seen people break, uh, blow chunks. I've saw I saw one guy get his nose broke in my backyard during a test. Uh, <laughs> that was about fifteen, twenty years ago. And you know how intense he is, just as a person. Right, right. That was oh, no, that I, was I, where I, now. I never I had to do the push ups because I was already trained when I started training with him. Uh huh. Yeah, I can only imagine because we do the same thing in Kaja Campbell. We'll make you do, you know, push ups until, you know, and, and we've had people blow chunks. I remember one, one school that we, that we moved out of, you know, we were cleaning uh, when we moved out and there, were st- there was still like junk, like in the corner behind a toilet because. <laughs> Someone had, oh my someone god! Had, someone had blown chunks during a test, and he was in there for like ten minutes. I'm like, really? You, uh, you, who puked for ten minutes? Well, apparently this guy did. And yeah, it's just it's a little, anyway. Well, but um, of course, you're, but you're the only person I've ever met that actually got knocked out like three times before her before? test started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the hell was up with that? Knocked out three times and a, a, a super Charlie horse in my left side that where I couldn't put weight on it. And then the first thing they ask us to do is horse stamp. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to cry. This isn't going to go well. I thought, I'm like, I don't know how long I'm going to last. Eight hours of hell. But no, I can imagine that Greg's test was, was just tense. And I'm surprised I didn't puke. I, oh my God. Well, and see, the thing with Greg's test is because they're done in a park, they're only two to three hours. But he jams eight hours worth of stuff in your two-and-a-half-hour test. Exactly. And one one guy, and you met Tony. Actually, this was funny because in 2004, in 2012, Tony hit on you, (laughs) which was hilarious. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> do, you, do you know who she is? And I'm sitting, I'm pointing and laughing at you. <laughs> no, wait, but he didn't. I mean, but what, did he think I was just some like random person and not part of the yes, party? He, he must have. I'm like, do you know what rank she is? <laughs> I'm like laughing at you. 
and which was actually really funny. Well, something Tony said to Greg, I'll never forget because nobody ever says this to Greg. Okay. Greg looks at him and says, do you want to quit? And he looks at him and says, yes, sir. <laughs> wow. Wow. You did that. That was wow. That, that is yeah, weird. yeah, that That's that weird. was. And, but he continued. I think he realized the error of his ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, there there have been there have been times, and this is this is something that um, that everyone's gone through if they've been in the martial arts, no matter what martial art you're in. There comes that point where you want to quit because they're pushing you too hard and you get to the, you just point where you break, right? I've been there and, 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 and it's, and, and you just want to say, that's it. I don't need this black belt. I don't need that. I don't need blah, blah, blah. And it's just your monkey mind talking to you going anything. I want to convince myself of anything to get away from this pain, to get away from this torture to blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, you know, that's what I hate is, is your mind messing with you about martial arts and how your mind yes. can fool you into, into, you know, into certain things about doubting yourself in a way, you know, that's what I hate uh, uh, about, well, I shouldn't say just martial arts. I mean, any sport you can train like really hard. Like I've heard horror stories from gymnasts, you know, like Russian gymnasts, you know, those, those, those guys and gals, they train like hard. Oh my gosh. You know? And those coaches are nuts. Yeah, but yeah, you know, and I thought wushu coaches were nuts for stretching you and and stuff, you know, and stuff well, like you, that. Well, I'm sorry. With as much as I respect Master Han, she was nuts, but she was traditional nuts. Yeah, it was traditional nuts, and you know, I I agreed to it. I I agreed to pay for that training. That so that was that was my choice. So anytime I had those weird monkey mind thoughts. I would remind myself, you paid for this. You agreed to this, Rusty. And if you quit now, okay, you're you're, you're just going to be stupid. Don't be stupid, right? So I I just had to go through with it, you know. And 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 yeah, uh, I thought. Kaiji yeah, but who was hard. who who was uh, who competed for the Wushu uh, National Championship? Yeah, that, that that's exactly why she she trained trained us that way um you know there was like i don't know like almost like 13 14 i forget how many people that initially signed up for that instructorship program and only three of us only three of us stayed and only two of us certified so it was like oh well okay (laughs) and can you remember after she pushed you so hard being able to go down to the splits like it was nothing yeah yeah, you know, I remember, you know, and the, that's another thing that I hated about that particular type of wushu training was the force stretching. There is this one exercise where you lay on your back, right, and you have one person holding one leg down. So your back of your thigh and your calf is touching the floor. It has to touch the floor. And then Master Hong will grab your other leg and push it straight toward your forehead. Well, of course, she'd say, say, stop, right? And then she, you'd say stop. She'd hold it for like ten seconds, and then she'd start, like, like uh, back and forth. She'd start like pumping it, right? And you'd be like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> and she'd be, and she'd say, breathe, breathe. And oh my God, you know, you know that pain where it hurts so much, you can't really cry and you can't really yell. You just 
have to kind of laugh at it in a way because it's because it, you go completely nuts in the pain. That was me. I would just end up laughing at it because I would go absolutely insane from from the pain. And like months later, I realized, hey, that's my toe touching my head behind me. Hey, this is kind of cool, right? <laughs> but the drawback was is that you had to do it every day, otherwise you would lose it, right? So every right. day, every day, every day, right? Um, and, and that was that was the hard part. I mean, she she pushed us until you couldn't you couldn't like stand up. If you were squatting like a duck, you could not stand up. Your muscles you, would fail. And she would say, "Get up!" And you would get up. And you don't know how. And you just your feet are just like bleh, 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 just blobs of jelly. And you know, and and I used to tell myself driving home, "I am not coming tomorrow." What was I thinking? And then I'd be back the next day. And and that was my love-hate relationship. I hated the the torture, but I loved the effects. That it, it you know what I mean? It's kind of like right. and you just learn to deal with it. You you learn to deal with it and and it's funny because you know anyone out there that's been through any hard training, you know what I'm talking about. You go through all that crap, you go through all that pain, all that suffering all that doubting yourself and overconfidence and then getting your and getting humbled by your teachers and your seniors, you go through all that. And then when you see your own students start whining, you lose complete patience. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> what do you, why are you whining? That's a horse stands for one minute, 60 seconds. Why are you whining? <laughs> I know you were holding it for hours. Yeah. <laughs> No, only, only, oh, 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 technically only one. The now, technically, in the way that I that I test my own people, if you're if you're going for uh, your apprentice black is forty five minutes in a horse stand. You're going for first degree and above. It's you know it's an hour. You know after third, fourth degree, you you don't need to do it anymore. You've already paid your dues, right? But right. Um, but the thing is, is that it, it's more a, an exercise of patience at that point you know, to, to kind of get people to stop looking at the clock type of thing. Is it done yet? Is it done yet? To just, you know, and that's the test to overcome that, that, that urge to look at the clock and think, is it done yet? And to just stay in the moment until I remember passes. looking at the clock and going, what do you mean? It's only been a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the test. But hey, now, I'm going to put this into perspective by you and the split. When I was in high school, I was I was bench pressing two sixty five. I was like the, I was like for my size that was really good. Well, there was a guy there that was pressing about three twenty five, and he was a big fat guy. Wow! Uh, but he could press a lot of weight because mm-hmm. he was so big on the chest. He mm-hmm. only had to bench press the bar three inches. Oh yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. Yeah. Because he had really short arms and his chest was way up, and so it was like dink. Same thing with you in the split, because you only have to move your so legs about three floor. inches. Yeah, so close <laughs> right. to the floor. It was the same right. thing with the with the leg press too. It was the same thing with the leg press. Like you know, when when I would do the leg press, um, I think it was on the Universal machine. You had the you had the lower pedals and you had the upper pedals. The upper pedals were like seven hundred fifty pounds or something. Um, so I would do the upper pedals, but then again, I only had to go from 90 
degrees to fully straight. Whereas all the taller guys would have, you know, would be at more of an acute angle and have to push. Right. And it was so much harder. And, you know, the guys were like, Oh my God, Rusty's a beast. And, and I'm like, no, no, it's just leg length. (laughs) It's just leg length. That's all it is. See, our (laughs) knees are up to our chest when we're doing the leg press. Exactly. And we have to go out for five feet. Yeah. And I was just at 90 degrees and all I had to do was like, just make sure that I, you know, held my stomach. Otherwise, because like I thought for sure one time when I was doing the leg press that I, I thought for sure I tore something in my abdomen. And I thought, Ooh. oh crap. Yeah, right. And I was out. Oh my for, god, like, yeah. I was out for like two weeks, but I realized this is why they wear weight belts. <laughs> so I started wearing weight belts, and there was like no problem. But boy, when you think you tore something in your abdomen, boy, that's scary. Um, it's but anyway, very that's, scary. Yes. Yeah. But that's what I hated about at that time during the training was because at the time, you know, it's torture, you know, but master Hong's tests was, you know, let's just get it done. I don't have time to sit here for an hour and watch you suffer. It's she wanted to see us suffer all the way, not build to suffering. And that's what, you know, any of my other tests are, it builds to the suffering, right? Um, she would make you the longest that you would have to stay in a horse stance was 15 minutes. That's it. But you had to be at 90 degrees. If you broke 90 degrees, you failed. So to make sure that you kept at 90 degrees, she would put a spear or a staff across your thighs. You could not let that move. And it was like, boy, you, you know, if no one's ever done, if no one's ever done that, you don't know pain until you've done that. Oh and remember God. the guys that try to that try to use the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go down in the horse dance. Yeah. And they're like leaning, going, "I could do this all day." Bang! No, you can't. Yeah. And no, you you sweep can't. their legs off. Yeah, no, you can't. You freaking cheater. <clears throat> Why are you cheating? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to say something else about what I hated. Um, let me do. Oh, 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 oh. It's not necessarily about training, but it, it was just something that I dealt with, you know, a lot when I was younger, younger in my teaching career. Um, and not so much now, but I still get it every now and again. I hate it when people suggest that I get a real job. Oh, you oh, teach martial yeah. arts? You know, uh, and then they'll, they, they'll never say get a real job. They'll never say it, but they'll hint it like, oh, you know, what did you major at in college? So they're fishing for, you know, what did you major in? Right. And then they're going to ask, right. well, why don't you, you know, follow up on that? You know, I'll usually tell them, oh, I, you know, I majored in philosophy and, you know, we're, you know, uh, writing like, you know, language arts and this and that and the other um, psychology. And the second I say psychology, they go, so what happened? Right? <laughs> and I go, oh, I, I use it every freaking day. So, <laughs> you know, I I got to deal with students every freaking day. So, you know, like in a, in a while, like in a way I kind of have to be everybody's counselor. Um, and they're like, Oh, okay. But you know, they're hinting at get a real job. My parents told oh, me yeah. that one time, my parents told me that one time until they actually saw me, uh, teach and they realized that, you know, I had a passion for it and that I wanted to help, especially kids. And they're like, okay. And they never told me again, get a real job. 
you know, and every every job other than my first ones after I got out of college, every job that I've had since then had something to do with teaching martial arts or loosely with martial arts um, or using the skills gained through martial arts. Um, you know, like, you know, head of security. That's that's a real job. Yeah. <laughs> Still practicing martial arts, you know. So, yeah, I, I hate it when people do that. Um so yeah, now let's uh, let's let's move on to something a little less depressing. And if anyone else wants to call in and uh, tell us a little bit about your torturous training, <laughs> oh, I got something! People. I got something that? came up last night. What's that? Telling people you're involved in martial arts gets oh. you in trouble. Meaning, I was I was at a liquor store last night, okay. and I was buying something, and the guy behind the counter said. I might need your skills here very shortly. And I'm like, oh, crap. You're like, what are you talking about? So I'm reaching, about? okay, I've, I've got my blade on me. And this uh-huh. guy comes in, and all he wants is a book of matches. I guess the guy was creating problems before. Huh. And I step back, I open my Gatorade, and I said, okay, I'll just watch this for a second. Uh-huh. And see what happens, because I was ready to smash the guy if I had to. Right. But telling people, and all of a sudden they're like, dragging you into stuff that might pop. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah, I've got a story about that, too. But <laughs> So that's something to hate about yep. martial arts. That's something to hate. I have a, I have a story, too, that's similar. Uh, people dragging you into stuff because they know that they're safe type of thing. Um, I was, this was a long time ago. I must have been, like, early 20s. I was in my early 20s. And... Um, me and some friends were walking down the street to go uh, to go get some cigarettes, and uh, one of my other friends was walking her new dog, and uh, the dog was a German Shepherd uh, puppy, well, kind of a big puppy, and uh, and he wasn't really well socialized. He was socialized with like me and and uh, the other roommate and stuff like that, but you know, other people he just wasn't all that well socialized. Well, anyway. We're walking down the road, and I recognize this this guy that's walking toward us. I'm like, oh, this is so-and-so, some guy that I went to high school with. But I never really knew him, so we were just going to walk past him. You know, and I just never really talked to him because he was a troublemaker in high school. Well, anyway, we went to go past him, and the dog started barking and trying to, like, you know, follow him and stuff. And um, the guy goes, you know, control your dog. And then my friend goes, fuck you. And I'm like, oh, no, here we go. (laughs) I turn around, and knowing this guy from high school, I turn around, and he's wearing, like, this big trench coat. I'm like, shoot, right? And he's like, what did you say? And she's like, fuck you. And pardon my French, kids, if you're listening. Um, And I'm like, and I I said, stop it, stop it. And I told her, just stop it. You know, let's go, let's go. You know, I said, control your dog. Your dog tried to come after me. And she started arguing with the guy. He didn't come after you, you piece of shit, and this and that and the other. And I went, Mary, stop it, you know. So anyway, he starts coming for her, and we we end up booking. We're running down the road, and we hop into a 7-Eleven, and I shut the door, and I said, I told the guy, call the police. Call the police. This guy out here is trying trying to get my friend, right? So anyway, we... You know, we're, we, we're holding the door shut and kicking it and stuff like that. And out of nowhere, these four guys come booking across the street and proceed to pounce on this guy. 
and beat the snot out of them. So we try to get out. Meanwhile, the police are coming, right? So we try to get out. And anyway, the guy, the, the original guy, gets up and starts coming after my friend. But this time we hear, Snick, he's got a blade. I'm like, crap. So she literally grabs me and puts me in front of her. Oh, 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 nice. And I went, so I finally said, I'm going to have to call him out. So I called out his name, which I'm not going to call out um, on the air. I called out his name. I said, I'll just call him John Smith. I said, John, John Smith, you remember me? It's Rusty. Man, it's Rusty. Don't pay any attention to her, man. She's being stupid. She's drunk. And then she like kind of bumps me, and I'm like, fuck you. You know, I ain't going to get cut because of your stupidity. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what it was. You know, I wasn't going to get cut because of her stupidity. And he kind of backed off, and he's like, if I see her again, I'm going to get this. And then the other guys came and, like, floored him again. Meanwhile, the cops come in, and he's like, get in the car, get in the car. We get in the car, and I realize it's another guy I went to high school with. <laughs> and I'm like, Eddie? And he's like, Rusty? What, what's going on? And I'm like, it's, it's John. It's John, John Smith. And he's like, oh, God, again? And I'm like, oh, you picked him up before. Yeah, 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 I'll, I'll call it in. Let's, let's get you out of here. So anyway, you know, when people start involving you in their crap, and all, all of a sudden they grow balls. They get all mouthy and stuff, knowing that you're there. That's what I hate. Yes, hate me it. too. Hate it. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. And it's just like, you know, no. You know, I, I almost ran. I, I, you know, I'll be honest. I almost ran and said, she's on her own. She got herself into this mess. She can get herself out. You know, I ain't nobody's tambourine monkey. I ain't one of those, like, get them, little minion. You know? <laughs> no, no. Ain't, no. ain't nobody's, you know, tambourine monkey like that. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to stuff we love about the martial arts or certain parts of training. So what do you love about martial arts, Bob? Uh, I love the physical aspect. I love the, the learning different things. It's not just uh, ground and pound or technique to it. Uh, I right. love the art of touch. You know, that's why I, I, I was, was so into the trapping in my younger years because mm. I love the art of touch. Right. Uh, right. I love the camaraderie. I love the, the fact that we, we had different seminars. I love the fact that I could travel with my instructor, like San Diego. We went up to San Francisco. I traveled with him over to Reno, Nevada. Uh, I love that aspect. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Um, I am actually posting a status update, and I'm going to – See if anyone out there wants to join the conversation. So give us a call on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio and join the conversation of love-hate relationships in martial arts. Let me write that in here. In martial arts. And our phone number here, folks, is 347-677-0699. Give us a call. We're on the air until 8 o'clock. So we've got about another uh, 45 minutes. All right. Um, now, as far as what I love, and we're, I'm going to go back to you because I know there's more. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, what I what I love about martial arts is, I, and it's so cliche, but it's it's the challenge. 
right? Your teacher shows you something and you go, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I want to do that. And you, and you bust your butt to meet that challenge. Um, and then you see something else. Oh my gosh, that's cooler than the last thing. I want to, I want to do that. And you bust your butt to learn how to do that. And, and so on and so forth. And, you know, and, and as teachers, you know, you and I and every and all the other teachers that might be listening, um, you know, you've got students that will sit there wide eyed with wonder when you do something and they go, whoa, or they go, are you serious? Wow, that's impossible. And, and it makes you wonder, oh, wow, I used to think the same thing, but I can do it now. And you end up teaching that to your, to your own students. That's what I love about martial arts is the new challenges. And you know what? And, and I got to like say this to all those students that might be listening too in any martial arts. Um, it doesn't matter if you know something, you can always improve upon it or see something different with even one technique or one concept. You will always see something different. You will always improve on it. So don't think, you know, that you've, you know, that you know all the ins and outs of one particular move or concept because, you know, uh, I remember one of my Kudo masters in um, in Japan when I was training out there, um, he said, no matter what, you will keep improving. You will always find something to improve on until the day you stop Kudo or until you die. And I, I, I believe it. I believe it. So... But now, now that you bring that up, now my wife came back from the store, and I've got a question to ask her because you asked me, and I didn't have the answer to it. Okay. So, honey, <laughs> she she's got her back turned towards me. I think she's afraid to turn around because she doesn't know what I'm going to ask her. <laughs> Just like that letter I wrote you a couple of years ago uh, when you got that award. You had no idea what I was going to say because it was exactly. me. Yeah, I was like, uh, who is this dude? <laughs> I know, right? So right. what the listeners want to know, well, what Rusty asked me, we've known a lot of people, and we've known the same people that have gone through divorces with, you know, Mark Stewart and George Marzanowski, all these people. So, honey, and she still took out her back turned on me. <laughs> what was different about me? You remember the night that I spent at Greg's until 2 in the morning? And things like that. What was different? What made you stick around? <laughs> she did not just say, "Oh, you even heard what she said." <laughs> I don't. I don't know if the listeners did. She said probably stupidity. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. And insanity. And, and insanity. <laughs> No, tell her that I, you know, I have to hand it to her because not very many women will stick around because, because of the lack of fortitude and lack of faith in their relationship. So that's why, that's why I gave her kudos, Bob, is because not very many people have that kind of faith in their relationship. If they're that insecure, you know, well, in that. And, and, and what she just asked me, though, she, she just asked me any other questions. I'm done asking her questions. <laughs> because I'm afraid of the answer <laughs> It's like I told you early on in the show Don't ask me anything you don't want to hear the answer to Right <laughs> I'm the same way with my wife <laughs> I don't want to hear sometimes 
So right. if I don't want to hear the answer, I'm not going to ask her a question. Right. <laughs> and same thing with my daughter. One time, and this was funny, but it was so stupid. I took my daughter going for a college interview. Uh-huh. And I said, honey, don't be nervous. And I swear to God, out of the mouths of babes, she looks at me and she says, oh, my God, Dad, I'm cured. I'm no longer nervous just because <laughs> you said that. <laughs> Sometimes you just I'm like, I, And I'm like, wow, the you're right. I sound like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to laugh at it because because you know, it's 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 like people you know saying, "Don't worry," you know, they only bite when they're hungry when you're around like sharks and stuff like that. I know, right? <laughs> Don't worry, they only bite when they're hungry. <laughs> All right. So, what's another thing you love about martial arts? Ah. <laughs> uh... The, you know, I really love, other than the training and what I got out of it, I liked the rap sessions. I liked mm-hmm. staying up till 2, 3 in the morning up at my buddy's right. house, just mm-hmm. training, backyard stuff, sharing mm-hmm. ideas, going to other martial arts schools, and then inviting you on the floor to, right. to share your knowledge with them. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the non-egotistical... Uh, camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's rare, though. Getting a non-egotistical camaraderie. Right. <laughs> right on. Um, let's see. What's another thing I love? Oh, you know, I I really like I really like finding out ways to ad- to adapt to the training that I used to do. Right. Um, I I can't do that anymore. I can't do all the fancy flips and stuff like that. Um, and, and I like having to adapt like forms that have all the fancy flips, um, adapt to adapt the forms that still have a cool move in it, but you know, not, you know, a fancy flip or aerial cartwheel or anything like that. Um, another thing I like about the martial arts is like, you know, you do learn as you get older, how to use less force. And I have to, and I have to remind myself a lot of times because you know I'm guilty of this, and I'm sure we all are or have been. When a young student muscles someone, you all, you, you kind of grab them and go, "Dude, you gotta relax," right? And and the thing is that they they know that they have to, they just don't know how yet. Um, and and I'm guilty of being impatient with that. Yes. You so, have to so relax. Am I. And it's like and it's like, you know, and, 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 and in a way when I get impatient I feel so bad and I feel so guilty because I was the same way. So for me to So was I. Act, I was identical. Yeah. I could not walk across the floor without tripping. Right, right. And it, you know, for and I have to think, oh my gosh, for me to ask this of this yellow belt is unrealistic. He just needs to train through it. And what am I doing expecting, you know, perfection out of a yellow belt or an orange belt or whatever, right? But with with you on that train of thought, one of the happiest moments in my martial arts career is when a student finally gets it. Yes. When that light bulb goes on and they get it because you remember, wow, 
It's like teaching uh, box pattern sombrata or heaven six, earth six, right. standard six. You right. take it so, so for granted because you're flowing with it. And all it is is four, let's say heaven six is forehand, backhand, backhand, forehand, backhand, backhand. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, your students become dyslexic. Yeah, well, you know. They so can't do these simple techniques, and you're, like, getting frustrated, and you don't yeah. remember. Wow, that's how I used to do it, too. Exactly. And when they get it, it's like you're on cloud nine. Yeah, well, so you feel exactly like how you did when you got it. And that's, that's the fun part. Right. When yes. you share in that, you share in that victory with them in a way. And, you know, and um, on a similar note, you know, you when they when they finally get it, whether it's like a broad concept or whatever, I normally see the quote unquote, get it during exams. Right. You know, like up until the exam, you know, it seems like they're left feet and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't know if I should test you. You know, I'm bringing in all these people and this and that and the other that are going to be on your panel. And, oh, my God. And then test day comes. And all of a sudden, they just kick butt. And everything that you've ever wanted them to do, they do. And they and they do it with grace, power, and precision. And it just right. And then there's the other talk. side, though, Rusty. I saw this in front of Ted Lukai Lukai where uh-huh. they, and they did it every class. It was flawless, every single class. And all of a sudden, Garo Ted says, let's see a pendulum, let's see a pendulum step. And they were doing step and slide. And when they were asked to do step and slide, they were doing pendulum. Pendulum step. And <laughs> I'm like, I was, I was mortified. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, it, it kind of, it, it's, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, about stress, how stress really, you know, how it affects you. Because I've, I've, I've done that, too, and I've, and I've seen it Absolutely. In, my, in my own students and stuff. Yes. Um, so I guess if there is one more thing that I hate about martial arts is about me is that, you know, they're getting kind of impatient when they don't get it um, because, you know, I, I was there, too. And I think I think a lot of it is it, for me is based on because I'll ask myself unconsciously what am I doing wrong, and you know nobody wants to to know that they failed right. And in a way, if somebody isn't getting it, you know, I guess sometimes sub- subconsciously I feel like I failed that student, you know, or I'm teaching them wrong, or you know, or what am I, you know, what am I doing wrong? that I'm, what am I not teaching correctly? You know, that kind of thing. And it, I think that has something to do with, with um, my impatience, I guess. But, you know, once I do catch myself, I, I realize, hey, you know, I was once there. They're going to be there. And in order for them to really get it, they have to work through this. They have to work through the struggle. So, so it sounds like you're taking a shower. There's, like, a lot of background static. Oh, <laughs> uh- no, no, don't worry. I'm not taking a shower. My wife is cooking dinner for her and my daughter. Oh, okay. So you're like... hearing sizzling. Oh, really? Wow, cool. That's some loud sizzling. Right on. All right. So uh, let's see what else. It's, uh, uh, how about another thing you love about martial arts? Oh, jeez. I'm stuck. 
Okay. Okay. No, okay. I, I like so much of it. I'm stuck. Yeah. Now, now, I'm I'm just talking in general here because I I know I've had fleeting thoughts about this. There will be times for some people, not all, where you will love and hate your teacher at the same time. Maybe it doesn't happen with everybody, but you know, depending on the teacher. Uh, some people will literally have a love-hate relationship with their teacher. They they care about them dearly and they respect them, but at the same time they absolutely hate them. And and not because the teacher does something wrong, but because maybe they're too maybe they push too hard or maybe they they uh uh they don't word things correctly and they and it drives you insane. Um maybe your teacher uh, uses the wrong grammatical, you know, makes the same grammatical errors each and every time, right? Um, and it doesn't sound professional, and that, and that kind of like, oh, I hate that, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, for for the students out there that that deal with that, and there will be times where you will hate your teacher, right? You'll hate them for being oh, yeah. too nice. And for or be, for being too, uh, for you know, making too many allowances for you. You'll hate them for being too hard. You'll hate them for being wishy-washy. You'll hate them for being too confident. You'll hate them for being egotistical. You'll hate them because they're too passive and not talking about themselves. I mean, there's, you know, there's there's always going to be that that sense of wow, what's going on with with my teacher? And you know, with some people, you know, it comes and goes. With some people, it stays for a little while, and some for some people, it doesn't even happen. Um, but you know that that's one of the things I'm talking about when when we're talking about love hate relationship. And you know, personally, I think that in order for you to have a complete, uh, you know, student teacher relationship with your instructor, that you have to go through both because it builds trust and it builds that sense of uh, you know teacher student camaraderie. Um, otherwise, you're just blindly following. You're just, you know, playing follow oh, the lead. Yeah, you know, he used to bug me, and my teacher would jump on me. He'd want me to show a certain technique, let's say, during uh, a training. Now, not that I was a zuki, but he wanted me to demonstrate it. Uh-huh. And the technique he was asking me to do would not work because the student throwing the attack threw it incorrectly, and I had to switch. Not, and then, because it's and then, not a perfect thing. And then I got jumped on because I didn't do the right trap because he gave me the wrong energy. I couldn't do right. what he asked. Right, right. Exactly. And I got jumped on. Or I asked a question, a very technical question, because you know that's how I get. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't answer it or it was answered unsatisfactorily. But I'd get a call three days later. Oh, now I know what you're asking. <laughs> you should drive me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I will always I don't care if I look stupid. I will sit there and go, "What are you talking about? Rephrase the question." What what what? No, no. So and then I'll have to repeat back what I think and I'll start explaining something and then I'll go, "Well, no." And I'm like, "What are you asking me?" You know, and I know they're thinking, "Boy, she's <clears throat> stupid. She's got to be like stupid." You know, in their head they know what they're talking about. I don't. I'm not a mind reader. You know, so I'm right. And the, the worst for you, the the most frustrating though for you is when I voice text. 
right. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes out completely wrong. Yeah, and I'm like, what? It makes no I reread it, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's, it's a little good. I'm going to pull one up right now. I'm gonna... <laughs> oh, great. Oh, oh, good. Oh, this is nice. Okay, well, I mean, it's, it's not anything that, like, okay, let's see. Um, let's see. No, it wasn't um, one of my inappropriate ones, right? <laughs> no. Um, let's see. And she, she has learned, all our listeners, she oh, has learned to take me off speaker. Okay, so here we go. Um, here we go. Now, this was, uh, I was texting Sifu Bob uh, about this particular show. I said, how about we, we do a discussion about love-hate relationship, martial arts, blah, 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 blah. Um, I wrote, how about the subject love-hate relationship with martial arts for this Sunday's discussion, our fears throughout our training, what we loved about it, how fears changed, how favorite aspects changed, kind of what I want to get into here in a little bit. And maybe we can get others to join the conversation. This is what voice-to-text reply Steve Bob gave me. Elect, also do one on Hill. Martial artist wife hate their friend. <laughs> Oh my God! I was, like, I was like, and then it, and then the next part was, how would you breach that subject? This is going on through my head. What subject are you talking about? So I wrote, this didn't quite make sense. And then he says, at least I'm consistent. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I did say that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that made no sense. Elect also do one on Hill. Martial artist wife hate their friend. <laughs> I'm like, English is a second language. It's your only language, man. That's right. <laughs> and oh, I, man. Since I've upgraded my phone, it should be perfect. It should, it should know what I'm saying at all times, and it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And, you know, and I, fi- I find that unless you are on a headset, it's, it's never going to get it right because it'll pick up background noise. Um, oh, I, yeah. I if I play the radio in my car, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So. So like like I think uh, I'm trying to remember yeah I I I think that your text didn't quite make sense reply I had to scream into the phone cuz I was driving your text didn't quite make sense and then it spit out your text didn't quit make sense and I'm like what and, <sighs> and you know what was funny when we started using Boxer as the communication device yeah when it first came out I I was like speaking very slow and enunciating because I was thinking it was voice to text. Remember that? And you're going, why is he talking like that? Talking so funny. (laughs) All right. We've got about 20 something minutes left to our broadcast and looks like a pretty quiet evening out there. uh, Everyone must be uh, out there enjoying the weather wherever they're at. I know it's nice here. I mean, it's still kind of light out, so I'm sure everyone's over by the waterfront, enjoying enjoying the enjoying the nice weather. But if anyone and here it's still warm. It's still about 80 degrees. Wow! 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 That's that's cool in a way. In a way. (laughs) In a way. In a way. I don't want to deal with it until the until the uh, months reflect the season, like July, summer. You know. March, spring, okay, that makes sense, right? Spring weather, not like summer weather in spring. That kind of always trips me up. All right, so if anyone wants to join us for the last 20 minutes or so, 
Give us a call, 347-677-0699. Tell us uh, about what you love about martial arts, what you hate about martial arts or, or, or the training aspect. Have you gone through a love-hate relationship with your teacher or teachers? Have you not? Does it seem kind of weird to have a love-hate relationship with your teacher? Just go ahead and give us a call. Um, but I kind of want to turn the tides now and talk a little bit about um, the fears that people go through when they're coming up in martial arts because it, it can turn into something that they, that they don't look forward to when they come to training. It's, 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 you know, it's because of the fears. So um, we'll start with Bob. Did you have any fears in any of the arts, you know, that, that you were coming up in at any time? Uh, can I really do this? Am I going to yeah. be able to do what my instructor is asking me at my level? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a fear, I had a lack of confidence in the technique, not in the technique itself, but my ability to adapt it. Would this really work? Uh, that kind of thing. Those kind of fears. And of course, the fear of getting hit up front. Right, right, exactly. Uh, well, that that kind of like, uh, that that kind of goes into what I, uh, what I was getting into, because like, you know, when I was doing karate, you know, we did a lot of like uh, controlled sparring because we had no protective equipment. I mean, yeah, we got popped and stuff like that, but not like, you know, full on wailed on and stuff like that um, because we you know, had to practice control. And then, you know, I started studying Kajikambo and we started wailing on each other. And um, I actually for I remember there were a few months where I literally didn't want to go to class because um, I didn't want to get purposefully hit like that it almost felt like and you know with 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 just the weird insecure thoughts what what are they doing why are they trying to like see how see how you know tough this little chick is what's up with that and I started to like make up this weird crap in my mind right why are they hitting so hard and this and that and the other and you know and if I hit hard I'd feel bad because I wouldn't want them thinking that I had a chip on my shoulder Right. So it, you know, so it was like a two way fear in a way. And I was like, what's going on? Right. Well, uh, but now you said that. Remember Lisa King telling uh, us about her, her, uh, uh, her workout in Vegas where mm-hmm. they were supposed to go like 50%. The guy was going like 90. Yeah. And then she cup checked him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. She so kicked him right in nuts. <laughs> yeah. Just to make it stop. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and didn't Kathy talk about something like that where people were just like wailing on her and stuff like that? I don't remember. I could have sworn somebody was talking to us about how they were just getting wailed on, you know. And in a way, it was – in a way, I had to stop and think that that in an offhand way, it was kind of a compliment, I guess, in a weird offhand way to get hit because, number one, the guys didn't have that – oh, I don't want to hurt her type thing. Um, she's just one of the guys, you know. And so in a way, it was kind of a weird compliment. I took it as a weird compliment that um, that I got hit. Um, and then and then I had to remind myself, hey, in the street, ain't no one going to be like, oh, I don't want to hurt her. They're going to hurt me. I better learn to take a hit. Did I like it coming from friends and training partners? No, I didn't. Because back then, I had a little bit of a temper. And I was fine getting hit, like, in the thigh and the ribs and the stomach and the kidney and stuff, but don't ever hit me in the face. 
<laughs> right, right. That's I don't know why, but whenever I got hit in the face, I would go ballistic. I wouldn't show it outwardly, but inside I'd go ballistic. And um and <laughs> my training partner, my closest training partner would laugh at me cuz she knew she knew that I was going ballistic inside, right? Um <laughs> and and I knew too that I in a way had to play it off that I wasn't and I would have to use control because if I used the same force back, I would look like the asshole, right? Right, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, so there was that kind of like a weird fear, right? That fear of losing control. That was my biggest fear. I didn't want to lose control. I wanted to be that cool, calm, you know, quite Chang Kane guy type of person, right? Uh, and whenever I would catch myself seething inside and, and sometimes I would just get so angry, I'd start to cry on the inside and I just want to like pound heads and I would just have to like, whoo, let it go. Right. But is that, is that weird or what being afraid of getting hit in the face because you know, you would go ballistic and have to act like you're not ballistic because that's hard to do. But now to help your training, did you start to bob and weave a little more? Did you start not to be there? Because you knew I, that was going to, if they connected <laughs> with your face, you were. I would, I, I would start to move more. I would be the one that hit first. <laughs> that, so I would move a lot more and I would hit first, you know. So I you would, getting hit in the face worked to your advantage. It did, did. And, you know, like I said, I had to look back and go, hey, it, it helped me take a hit. And, uh. Now, of course, you know, some hits were like, I would be so pissed because, you know, I thought one time I thought my eardrum had ruptured because I got round kicked in the head, in the ear so hard that I literally felt like warmth coming out of my ear and, and the noise, like it went, and then everything was gone in that ear. And I was like, holy crap, you know, I think I ruptured an eardrum, uh, but turns out that um, it was just outward bleeding, not like internal bleeding. And I didn't rupture my okay. eardrum, but, but I was like, oh, my God, you know. And, of course, you know, for a while, even though I knew that it wasn't, you know, uh, an internal injury inside my ear, I was I was gun shy about getting kicked. If I saw a kick go higher than than waist high, I was kind of gun shy about it. I, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to get hit like that again without headgear. Um, but, oh, my God, you know. Um, but, yeah, that was that was one of my biggest fears is losing control. And I and I and I had a couple times I lost control a few times on um, some, you know, sparring partners and stuff. And, of course, I apologized afterwards. Um, but, you know, once I realized that you know, Hey, I, I lost control. I, I need to work on this and found ways to kind of look beyond, you know, the, the, the anger, so to speak. I had to realize that no one will, none of my training partners will hit me that hard on purpose with malicious intent. And that's what used to piss me off. It used to, it used to be like, what the hell did I do wrong? What did I do to piss you off? Why'd you hit me like that? What the hell's your problem? That's why I would get so mad. But I realized that oh, they okay. never, yeah, they never would really do that with malicious intent. Um, and but it was just it, it's just our monkey minds making weird crap up. 
And um, right. once you guys master that, folks, you know, I, I'm I'm not a master at it. Definitely not, because I'll you know I I'll still lose my temper every now and again. Um, but you know, once you at least realize that people aren't not most people aren't going your training partners aren't going to hit you with malicious intent, um, unless you ask for it. Then, then there you go. You know, then all everything's good. Oh, anyway. I one and this was funny as hell. I one time uh, saw Greg Spar, and he uh-huh. wasn't wearing a cuff, and he oh. said, "No groin shots, or it's going to be tit for tat." Some guy actually <laughs> kicked him to the groin. It was tit for tat. Greg came up oh. with the front kick, right in the groin, and he never kicked him again. There. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep. You know, it, 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 it was the same way when I was coming up, you know, with the seniors. You know, if a junior hit a senior, um, you know, just because they lost control um, of, of their technique or whatever, or were just careless, then the, the, the senior would, you know, politely tit for tat. Boom, you know, <laughs> somebody right. on the floor. And it'd be like, hey, you know, you, you get what you give. You know, you don't want to get that's hit. That's exactly then, right. Yeah, if you don't want to get hit, show me some respect. And that's kind of what the seniors, you know, that's how they taught. Um, and it was like, wow. And now, here, here's, the, here's the thing, speaking of, you know, tip for tat and getting hit, going back to something that drives me up the wall about martial arts. What drives me up the wall are the, you know, paramilitary, you know, people that will literally throw beginners in with the seniors just to have them get hit, to get hit hard. And then they say, it's all about combat. And if you can't handle it, you know, if you can't take the heat, get the hell out of the kitchen. I'm sorry, if they don't know how to bob, weave, block, parry, repost, whatever, and you're going to have people just beating on them, with no idea on how they're going to defend themselves, what the hell is that going to teach them? You know, that's going to get that, them skittish. It's going to get them skittish, exactly. And and you know, that's what I hate about some instructors. Just throw them to the dogs, you know. Or you know, it's kind of like throwing someone who can't swim into deep water. Into the deep into end, deep, right? Into the deep end, and then up oh, there, you know, up oh, they inhaled water. Up oh, they're drowning. You know, I'm sorry. Panic does not make you swim. <laughs> How about you go out there and save that person? Because you know what that person is going to do? They're going to hold you under out of panic so they get out of the water. Been there, done that. Almost drowned a friend of mine. And it's like, you know, yeah, the, the people that say, the instructors that do that need to get thrown to them then. How about you get in there? You know, and have them fight for, you know, fight for their life just so that they could get through this particular, you know, training session or whatever. You get in there. You get hit. How's that? Anyway. <laughs> you know, that's not to say, though, I want to make sure people understand. That's not to say that I'm against contact. By all means, you have to make contact, but it's progressive resistance. Right? You got to go slow. You got to start slow. You got to make light contact. And as someone's confidence grows, then you up it until you are going full board. You know, there's no way around it. Anyway, it looks like we, I think we have a caller. <laughs> I think. Let's let's see who this is. 
<clears throat> Area code 704. You're on Dynamic Dojo Radio. Who are we speaking with? Hey, this is Pat McDaniel. How are you? Hey, how are you, Professor? All right, all right. Uh, now, I, I, uh, I just tuned in. Uh, I just got settled in. So I really, really, really don't know what's going on. So I just thought maybe I would check in and see what was happening. We are talking about the love-hate relationships that we have with martial arts. You know, that, you know, we love some things about martial arts and sometimes we hate little things about martial arts. Sometimes we have a love-hate relationship with teachers. Sometimes we, you know, say, I don't ever want to do this again. This is freaking torture. And we're just kind of talking about, you know, the fears that kind of, that kind of uh, fuel some of the, you know, the hate part of the training and stuff like that. And we were just talking about some of our fears and uh, that we um, had to deal with coming up in our training. And uh, Bob had mentioned that he, he had a fear of, can I do what my instructor asked me to do in demonstration or something? Right. And I um, had a fear of losing control. Uh, because uh, I had a problem with getting hit in the face. And every time I got hit in the face, I would go completely ballistic. Um, not anywhere else. If someone kicked me in the body, I'm fine with it. But if someone hit me in the face, I would go completely ballistic, and I just didn't know why. And when people would recognize that I lost, would, would lose my temper and not let it out, you know, I would, I would know that I would have to play it off like I wasn't mad, and I would have to act with control and not hit hard. And then if I didn't hit hard, I was being wimpy. So there, it was a kind of a layered fear that I that I was dealing with when I was coming up, um, and it, it, was, it was just really weird. So that's what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I hate I miss so much of it. Then I really do. <laughs> What's that? I said I hate that I miss so much of it. Oh well, you know, uh, after we go off the air, you can you can listen to the rest of it. And I know there's going to be a part two to this because, you know, we wanted to hear from other listeners about fear, their fears that they came up with. I mean, because you know, we know that martial arts teaches us confidence, but you know, in the training, there still are fears that we have to deal with: fear of getting hit, fear of uh, talking in front of people, fear of being, you know, getting out in front of people to perform. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. And, uh, right. you know, so there's going to be a part two, I'm sure. <laughs> Definitely. So. Yeah. I, I would yeah. Love, to be, love to be a part of that when, you're, when you do it again. And I've got time to listen from the beginning. <laughs> Definitely. But I, I, I would like to hear, though, from Professor McDaniel, what fears he had growing up because he's such a seasoned martial artist. What, or what were your likes and dislikes about the training that you went through being tied to Kempo? Well, the you know the um, I don't know, man. I had this weird kind of uh, I had this this weird kind of imagination about what martial arts should be, and it was it was pretty accurate, you know. That uh, I grew up in West Texas playing football in the parks with no pads, so I was I was a rough kid, and and I thought going to be a good martial artist, then it, the training should be you know rough. I thought that. Right. So when I started taking Kaji Kimbo, it was rough. So I wasn't mm-hmm. surprised. Now, it didn't bother me very much. You know, I could take a hit. You know, I'm not saying I got hurt, but I came back to class the next day when, when others didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. So that didn't bother me all that much. What 
what really, really bothered me is I was a very young Seabock and young Sifu because um, my Sifus were military guys who left. Mm-hmm. And left, I was in charge after three and a half, four years. I was in charge. Wow. So left. Now, there is where I had my problem because I'm standing in front of 18, 20 students the guy that's going to teach them guys gimbal now, you know? Wow. Mm-hmm. And I'm in, I'm in a rec center. I'm in a city recreation center with this, uh, with this very seasoned uh, older lady who was the director of the center who had to pull me in her office one day and tell me, now, now listen, that this woman is just a seasoned, experienced woman. She knows nothing about martial arts. <laughs> but <laughs> she, she pulled me in the office. And she said, listen, your Sifu left you in charge for a reason. Now, I need you to get out there and act like you are the instructor and make sure that those people are learning the best they can learn. He left you in charge for a reason. Then do your thing. And it was, it was her that, that helped me. But I, was, I, taught, I taught behind the class so people couldn't see my face. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm facing a certain way. And then I would go to the back of the class and walk. So <laughs> 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 you know, she set me down and said, get out there and be a seafood. And, and, you know, and that's why I started learning how to do it. Right. Wow. That's, uh, that, that's a, that, that's a good, that's a good uh, uh, experience. Cause like uh, I was literally thrown into my first beginner's class after I got my show done in karate and uh, my right. teacher said, "Up oh, here you go." And I went, oh, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> ah. What are you talking about? Hey, don't worry, you know Joe's gonna be with you. What are you talking about? <laughs> these people, these are completely new people, so new they don't even have geese. Right. You know? Oh. Right. Yeah, and you know, and and you know, it's always like the, the that was my fear back then. Were the new new people, the people that had. No training whatsoever because I didn't know where to start. Oh, I didn't know where to, yeah, I didn't know where to begin. You know, what do yeah. I do? Do I show them kibadachi? Do I show them zenkutsadachi? Do I teach them a basic, you know, groin kick? What do I do? Ah! You know? Yeah, line, yeah. Yeah. line them up first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, line them up first. Hey, line them up. What's your name? What's your name? What, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Class is over. Thank you. Yeah, that'll that'll be that'll take fifteen minutes. <laughs> there you go. Oh my god, that's a, that's a great experience. <laughs> wow, you can literally get thrown into the seafood, you know, yeah. uh, to to put on that mantle so quickly. That because uh, you know, like a lot of people know that it's coming. Oh, I'm going to get my black belt, and I have to wait another like you know, eight, ten years before I can be a Sifu. Yeah. They know it's coming, but then, you know, your teachers went off to the military, and up, oh, it's you now. That's right. <laughs> That's Holy crap. <laughs> and what can prepare you for something that happens so drastically like that? Nothing. Yeah. I was a very good assistant. I was a very good assistant uh, beside the Sifu. You know what I mean? Right, I was, right. And I was confident because he was right there. So yeah. I could assist beautifully, but when he left and it was mine, bam. That was a different yeah. world. It it is. It is. I was the same way. I was 
I was that senpai that would be the first to help the new people. And I was confident with that and this and that and the other. And he threw me into that class and I'm like, (laughs) 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 he's not here. He's he's on the other side of the gymnasium. And, you know, and and this gymnasium had those big, you know, uh, pull along walls that you can, you know, that you uh, separate uh, a room Mm -hmm. with. And it's yes. not like I could just like walk around and go, uh, what do I do now? Because I didn't want to look stupid, right? Exactly. So I, so for for weeks, I just played it by ear, and uh, and that's that's when I realized that you don't necessarily have to teach exactly like your teacher. You have to exactly. kind of find your personality, and uh, right. yeah, and that's but that, that's. Yeah, that's scary still when you know your personality, but how do you, you know, put that into how you teach? That, that That's scary. That's <laughs> and you're, and you're so, yeah. exactly right. That's what I had to learn to do is I had to learn to use my personality because the scariest part was trying to emulate the seafood. Yes, but, but yes. You're, right. So that was the scariest part is, okay, how did he do it? Let me do it like him. No. You had to develop right. your own own style. You had to be you. And and right. I get this, this this projected to the students. So yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Exactly. Oh yeah, and I love the phone calls that you get an hour before class. You're on your way out the door to go to class. Your instructor calls you and says, "I'm not feeling well. You take class tonight." <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, I have nothing planned. <laughs> and, and at that point, there were no such things as cell phones. So they had to catch you on your way on your on, while you were home. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. So your oh mind my gosh. The dojo. You've got a busy mind on the way to the dojo. Exactly. That's right. It's amazing. I didn't have an accident. Yeah. Right. Been there too. Both physically and, be, and vehicular. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, you know what, gentlemen, we are out of time, and you know, I think. This particular subject, you know, has has the possibility of a part two because there are so we're now we're delving into the many fears that we've had to deal with and how we kind of got out of it and stuff. So I kind of want to kind of delve more into that on a like a second episode along this same line. And uh, Uh if that's the case, uh, I let's, let's have Professor McDaniel joining us from the very beginning. Uh, because absolutely, definitely, you know, we've, you know, we've all been there, done that when it came to fears. Um, and some of us still harbor some of these, uh, you know, fears, but on a very lesser level and we're more confident getting in in our path, getting over them now. So, you know, let's definitely talk about that. So that way the younger students listening don't think that it's impossible. So thank you, professor, for calling in. Thank you, Bob. And thank you you. for listening in. Uh, Keep your eyes on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page for next week's episode. We'll talk to everyone next time. Bye-bye now.